diddly do do. Welcome to the Perfectionist Podcast, episode one. Aren't you so excited? Because I am very nervous excited to start this podcast. Um, for real, for real, we're gonna try to do this episode in one take and done because I am tired. So, um, to start off every episode, I'm going to start doing a joke of the day and a verse of the day read in the Hawaiian Pigeon Bible, just to kind of th- keep things funky up in this joint. So the joke of the day is a word of advice from a financial advisor. Marry for money and work for love. Don't try to marry for love and work for money. I thought that was really funny because that's not really how it works. Surprise, surprise. Um, and we're going to be talking about the topic of love today. So that just kind of flowed in. And then the Hawaiian pigeon verse of the day is Philippi 4-7. Then God going to make you guys come so nothing bother you. That going to be more better than anybody can figure. God going to take care of you, how you feel and how you think. Because you guys stay tight with the Shepos guy, Jesus Christ. So let me read that in the English Standard. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that is the um, verse of the day and joke of the day for you guys. Uh, So this episode is going to start the attributes of God. And for this particular one, we're going to do God is love. So as I kind of went into on the introduction podcast, we're going to be looking into the attributes of God and how they apply to us. Um, The first attribute of God I thought of personally, and a lot of people, when they think of God, they think of love. God is love. God loves you. Jesus loves you. So love is a huge theme in scripture. It is the main theme is love. So I figured why not start with that one? Um, To kind of start everything off, I'm going to look into some scriptures that prove or say that God is love um, in different ways and the different types of love that he is to us or that he shows to us. So the first one is 1 John 4 verse 16 and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. If you have a problem with that, then I'm sorry, but it's a lot easier to understand than King James, I believe. So, 1 John 4.16, so we have come to know and to believe the love of God, the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So, that verse is where it explicitly says God is love. Whoever abides or dwells or lives in a state of love abides or dwells or lives in the state of God and God abides in him. So it's kind of this inter-reliance, like we we live in a state of love, then that is proof that God is within us and we are in God in unison. I'm, I'm going to mention a lot of unison and unity in these podcasts as well, um, just because I see, think that's really important, especially in the time we're in. So that's kind of like a unity love binds us to God and that's really deep and theological if we really want to get into it but I've got a lot of things to get into today so I'm not going to really get into it that much at this moment I probably will later in another podcast is that binding of love the next verse is Romans 8 
37 through 39 and a lot of you are probably very familiar with these scriptures but I just kind of want to reiterate them and maybe put a new perspective that you've never thought of before or maybe you thought of it and just really need reassurance but either way we're gonna dive into it and again it's English standard version that I'm reading from no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This verse is extremely important, especially in the time we're in. Let me just go over the things that cannot separate us from God's love. So death or life. With COVID, there's a lot of uncertainty about whether your loved ones are going to survive this, whether your grandparents are going to be okay. I know my grandparents suffered from COVID. They're okay now, and I praise the Lord for it. That was a lot of prayer, and it really struck me because that's one of my fears. One of the few fears I have is the death of a loved one. But God has grace, and He brought me through that. And let me be at peace with myself while I couldn't do anything in that situation. So that was really awesome, but death nor even life can separate us from God. Angels, nor rulers, nor things present. So angels, Satan and his angels can't separate you. Rulers, kings, presidents, governments, they can't separate you. Things present, our present times, something going on in your life right now, that can't separate you. Things to come, this upcoming we don't know what's coming next we honestly don't know but whatever it is it cannot separate us from the love of God nor powers again that goes into governments and other things that we may fear we may fear tyranny we may fear I know in the holocaust the Jews feared Hitler and that government but even that government couldn't separate them from God's love and he still loved them Death could not separate them. Death cannot separate us from God's love. Nothing in any of creation. God is a creator, so his creation cannot stop him from love. It can't be separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I just, that's so powerful when you sit and think about it. And it gives you so much peace and so much tranquility. It's just amazing. The next verse I'm going to read from is Isaiah 54:10. Now this is when God is kind of telling to Isaiah, um, it's he's talking about his eternal covenant of peace. He's going through and saying, "I'm not ashamed of you. I love you. Don't be ashamed of me." And then he's like, "I've sworn not to be angry with you, and I won't rebuke you." So this is after everything is said and done. He, he's talking to his children here. For mountains may depart, and hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. So, in Revelation, I was actually reading today, and it talks about the mountains. An earthquake comes, and all the mountains fall. There's no more mountains or islands, and all the magnificent glories of creation disappear, basically and there's the reign of a tyrant, the beast. But 
here God is saying, For the mountains may depart and hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace, of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I believe that's a spiritual peace because in our time, there is so much unrest. There's so much worldly peace or worldly unrest, but we can have an internal spiritual peace even in times of unrest and chaos. And I, that's just amazing to me that being a Christian means being at peace wherever you are, being content in every situation. And God's love is what brings that to us. He loves us so much that He gives us that peace and He wants us to be at peace no matter what happens, no matter how we are experiencing the effects of our sins and of the world's sins. We know that we can rest in God. And we know that even though the mountains may depart and the hills removed, his steadfast love will not depart from us and his covenant peace will not be removed. And the next verse, I only have five verses in this section. Don't worry, I'm not going to keep going forever. Um, but this next verse is very familiar to a lot of you. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, get this. We didn't have to do jack squat to get his love. We are imperfect. Now, if you come over here and tell me that you ain't never sinned, I'm going to be like, okay, Jesus, where you when are you dying for my sins? Um, because every human that has ever walked the earth besides Christ has sinned and fallen short of the glory and holiness of God because we have the sin nature. But the cool thing is... God knew this was going to happen, and the instant Adam and Eve sinned, he had this plan. I don't know how timelines work, but my human brain can't comprehend the no timeline, so we're just going to talk in timelines, like, just to kind of bring it down to my human level. I don't know, you maybe think higher than I think and know more than I know and be able to understand more, but I can't understand timelines. God knew we were going to sin. So he planned to send his only son to live a sin sinless and perfect life and die for our sins so that we didn't have to die. He separated himself from the son. Jesus willingly went to the cross and separated from his father <laughs> so that we didn't have to be separated from his father. That love is a sacrificial love, and there is no other love like it. You may say you would die for your child. You may say you would die for your significant other. But what, it, what about dying for Hitler? What about dying for Ted Bundy? What about dying for that person that just keeps irking you and bugging you? and you really don't like them. I mean, Jesus loved everybody, and we all hurt him hundreds and hundreds of times in our lifetime. We repeatedly hurt Jesus and hurt God, but he still died for us. It would be like you going to the firing range instead of Adolf Hitler. Just, just let that settle. And Hitler's sins weren't as vast as the sins of every human on the earth combined. 
but just let that sit in for a little bit because that's an amazing sacrificial love and I want you guys to grasp that because once you grasp that kind of love that God has for you, it brings a sense of that peace that we mentioned earlier. And we're going to um, end this section. I still got a little more to go after this, but and talking about how God is love and different passages in the Bible that describe love with a psalm. Because David had a lot of good psalms. We all know he was a man after God's own heart. Um, had lots of sins, but he's got some really good writings, and they're really good to read. In Psalms 136, verse 26, David says, Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. It's an enduring, eternal love. Forever and ever and ever and ever. It's... I can't even, not gonna lie. God's love is just so vast and nothing can get in the way of his love for us. That's just, that's that. Nothing can get in the way of it. And it endures, it's steadfast, no matter how rebellious we are, no matter how many times we say, God, you're stupid. God, why did you do that to me? I don't like you right now. No matter how many times we say that or either act that out, because you can always act that way without actually saying anything. His love endures. It endures forever. And that's, it's just remarkable. In this next section, I'm going to go into, okay, we've talked about how God is love. Well, what even is love? Love, who's that? I don't know her. Um, <laughs> so what is love? The most common form of love in the Bible when it's referring to God and man is a Greek word, agape. And I'm sure some of you have heard it before. A lot of pastors will go into it, but in case you haven't, Agape means love or goodwill. And I looked into this a little bit because I was just like curious why this word was used and kind of where it came about. And apparently in secular Greek culture, according to BibleHub.com, it referred to a preference, typically refers to divine love or what God prefers. So like <laughs> preference, I like chocolate over strawberry or I like strawberry over chocolate. I like both of them together, by the way, in case anybody wants to know. But God chooses. It's like preference is a choice. God doesn't have to love us. He has every right to reject us. He has every right in his holy being to reject, but he loves us. And that's just so crazy to me that that's even a thing. Love is patient. I'm going to go into the... Um, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me, baby. Okay, I'm going to stop singing. This is, I can't sing on this. My sisters are going to kill me for that. Hi, Brie and Sam. Um, but I'm going to go into the First Corinthians verse, chapter 13 passage where it talks about love is patient, love is kind, long-suffering, you know, all those fun things. So love is patient. Patience is long-tempered and refusing to retaliate. I'm sure we all know someone with a very, very short temper. Someone you just poke a button, doop, and they go crazy. They blow up. Um, I know we all know someone um, who's a very public figure who has a very short temper and retaliates. A lot of people on social media, I am one, um, retaliate and 
get into arguments and just don't have patience. I am very guilty of my lack of patience. I'm sure every single one of you who know me personally can attest to I struggle with patience. But we're not looking at me. We're looking at God because it's a God's attributes. Okay, let's look at Israel for a second. We're going to rewind the button a little bit. Um, so Israel, you know, the country that God called his children and called them out of Egypt. And like they went through all this crazy stuff, all the ups and downs, the plagues. And they got into the wilderness and like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And so God's like, okay, bet, here's some manna. I don't like manna anymore. Okay, here are some birds. I'm sick of eating birds and manna. Can't we have anything else? God's like, shut up. They keep walking and they're like, I'm thirsty. God's like, okay, tap the rock. Moses goes over and whacks the rock and it comes gushing. But God's like, Moses, seriously, you weren't supposed to do that. I said to tap it. He got in trouble for that one. And then Israel finally makes it to their promised land after so many mess-ups. God, God could have just wiped them out. He could have just, when he sent the fireballs that first time, he could have just sent out everyone. But he didn't because he has patience. And they get to Israel. They found their land. They've settled in it. And then they're like, mm, life's pretty good right now. Let's start worshiping Baal. And then God sends a judge. And then plagues and things happen. And Israel's like, Ugh, fine, okay, we repent. And it cycles again and again and again and again and again. But the main concept here is not to bash Israel, it's to show God's patience. Because he could have just so easily wiped the whole country out. He could have wiped the whole world out. He didn't have to save Noah. He could have just flooded the whole earth and started over. Click reset. He had all the power to do so. He had the right. He was holy and they were not. He could have just clicked delete and poosh and then cleared out his trash bin. But he didn't because he has patience. And every time he punished Israel or punishes his people because God disciplines those who he loves. He gives them an option. He's like, okay, you can either repent and come back to me and live a happy life, or you can continue to sit in your idol worship and live in your sin, and you're going to die. You're going to get boils all over your face. Um, I'm going to take away your water. I'm going to send the, the mean people after you. So many different punishments, but God always gives an option to repent. Like, repent, turn back to me, and I'll bless you, or uh, don't keep living in sin, push me farther away, and you're going to get hurt. Don't touch the fire because you're going to get hurt. And then love is kind. So that's the second one. Love is patient and then love is kind. Kindness is generous and considerate. So I'm sure you all know someone who's super generous and you're like, ooh, my breath stinks. Like, here's some gum. Or you mention something and they have it the next day. There are a lot of really kind and generous people, but God, God tops them all. He's so kind and so generous. He gives us, he gave us a son, first of all. That's like the ultimate kindness and generosity that I can think of. 
but on top of that, he just, he gives freely. We all have so many blessings we can count. Even if you're in the darkest, dark places with nothing to your name, you have salvation. You have a spot in eternity. And I'll talk more about that for people who haven't heard the gospel at the end of the podcast, but God is generous. And just to speak of his generosity in James chapter 1, verse 5, again, this is ESV. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now that one's specifically speaking of wisdom, um, but there are other verses in Acts and in Hebrews and in other places where they say, ask and ye shall receive. The righteous man, if he ask, will receive. So if you're walking in God and sometimes you ask for rain and somebody else is asking for it to be dry, God knows both hearts and he will, he has wisdom and judgment overall. So he knows the long-term effects. But in general, if you ask for blessings, God's going to bless you. If you are living righteously and living in his word, now if you ask for blessings and you're living in sin, again, it goes back to he's not going to, he's going to either bless you or curse you. So you got to live for the blessings, live a righteous life to receive the blessings. But God is very generous. And then towards the end of 1 Corinthians 13, love rejoices in truth. There's a lot of lies going around. You don't know what to believe anymore, especially in the media. But there are some true things that are just all around true. God is love is a truth. God loves us is also a truth. And rejoice in that. Rejoice in the true things. God created the world. Rejoice in that. God gives us peace. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in the truth and mourn over the lies. And that's what love is. And then love bears all things. God endures pain and suffering for us. I mean, imagine somebody you love deeply, somebody you care for, you've done so much for, and they turn around and say, I don't know you. Who are you? Who is this? I don't know you. And then you give them more and you give them more and you pour your heart out to them. And they continually say, oh, I don't know her. I don't know him. Who is that? And then they act as if you don't even exist. That hits home for me. How many times do we act as if God doesn't exist in our own lives? We need to have an integrity. And God is love. So how that applies to us, we should love back. We can choose love daily. When you're stuck in the traffic jam and the person in front of you isn't going up the green light, instead of punching the wheel, instead of screaming or yelling, choose love. Pray for them. Say, God, I don't know what this person's going through, but I pray you bless their day. Because who knows, they could have just gotten a call 
that changed their life forever. They could have just heard some a loved one died. You don't know other people's situations. Someone's acting super annoying. They're probably doing it because they're trying to hide the fact that they're depressed inside. They're probably trying to overcompensate for their feelings inside that they are acting super outgoing and super crazy. So, I'm guilty of this too. Since God is love, we need to abide in His love. And we need to take everything we do and line it up with the principles of love. And I'll go through them all. And at the end of this season, I want to go through all the principles that we should live our life by according to God's attributes. But we need to be patient. We need to be kind. We need to rejoice in truth and bear all things. Now, I'm not saying let yourself be manipulated or be in abusive situations. I'm not saying that at all. You need to save yourself and further the kingdom of God. Now, if someone is picking on you or hitting you or hurting you or persecuting you for the sake of Christ, that's something to rejoice in. Um, But if someone is manipulating you, hurting you otherwise, and you're not sharing Christ and Christ is not in that situation, and either one of you, then you need to get out of it so you can further the cause of Christ and so you can love. Um, In the next episode, we're going to talk about what love is not. Um, (laughs) Oh, I missed one. Um, God disciplines those who he loves. I'm just going to leave that there. So if you, you messing up and you get hurt, you turn back to God, God disciplines those who he loves, just like our parents discipline us when we do something wrong. Um, but in the next episode, we're going to go into what love is not. So little sneak peek, um, love isn't giving you everything you asked for, isn't babying you or anything like that love is not just letting someone stomp all over you love is not feelings that might surprise some of you so yeah we're gonna go into that um a lot in the next episode and see how that applies to us super excited for that one uh so all my listeners who um claim Christ and who know that they're saved, you guys can check out now um, or sit and listen. You might learn something too, but right now I'm going to go into salvation. Um, I'm going to try to share the gospel at the end of each podcast very briefly for those of you who are just listening in and want to know more. So super quick, like four-minute rundown of the gospel. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. He created man and woman. Give man and woman free will. He said, you can either follow me and live a beautiful and perfect life forever and ever and ever and ever, or you can eat of this tree. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and you can die. So he gave us a choice because he didn't want robots loving him, because then that's not really love. That's just whatever that was not love and so eve got deceived by satan came and he was like yo eve you eat that you'll be like god and she was like "Ooh, 
I want to be like God. God, you hold that on me. And so she eats the fruit and she's like, ooh, this is tasty. And says, Adam, come eat this fruit. And so Adam willingly, wasn't deceived, <laughs> goes and takes a bite of that fruit too. And he's like, ooh, this is good. And then they realize, oops, oopsie daisy, um, I'm naked. And there's shame. That's when shame and sin and pain and suffering entered the world. God cursed them. He's like, you can't come to this garden again because you rejected me. You can't walk with me in the garden. List of curses and sins. And so he killed a lamb and that lamb became an atonement for their sins. Something had to die and their sins had to be placed on something so that they could live. Something has to die when sin enters the picture. Fast forward lots of years. Um, Jesus came to earth. He is fully man and fully God, lived a sinless perfect life. Um, he did lots of miracles on earth and then he died on the cross, shed out all of his blood. And when he died, he was fully separated from God. There were three hours of complete darkness. He said, dad, why did you forsake me or leave me? No, that's not exactly what he said, but essentially. So he was fully separated from God. God in three persons, I can't explain that in five minutes, but Jesus was fully separated from the Father. He went down, released the saints, they rose up into heaven, and then he rose from the grave three freaking days later, and he, he conquered death. The only one to ever rise from the dead with, he rose from the dead conquering death, conquering sin, and giving us a way to know him and communicate with him openly. All you got to do is repent of your sins, acknowledge that you're a sinner, believe that he did it, and, and just confess and say, yeah, Lord, I messed up. I really, really messed up, but I know that you've died for me. I know that you rose from the grave for me. I want to be in your family. So this is me repenting and accepting your gift of salvation. Now you don't have to say it exactly like that, but that's the gospel in four minutes. Um, yeah, if you guys have any questions, feel free to text me or DM me on Instagram. I would be lo love to answer all your questions. Um, and that's all folks. Toodaloo! Thank you.